podcast. Let me turn my shoes. <laughs> this sit down. Welcome to Sound in Five. I'm your host, Izzy Gibson. Uh, today is a very special day because I'm sitting next to a real piano. Woo! It's really hard for me not to play it. Touch it. Just do one. Woo! Yay! Excellent. Delightful. I haven't I haven't played in a long time. I have a dinky little keyboard right. in my apartment. Um, my apartment is not much bigger than this room, believe oh, it or not. Cool. Okay. I have like a nice little studio. Right. And I found my sister found this keyboard on uh, Facebook, on like the marketplace, the marketplace yeah. for like seventy bucks. And I messaged the guy, and he was like, "Can you come pick it up right now?" And it was like ten o'clock on a Wednesday. I was like, um, right. "This is creepy." So I said, "No, but." I'll give you $125 if I can pick it up tomorrow. Nice. So I I, I did it. Saves, I your, went, saves your life and you get a solid deal. I saved my life and I got a real... What are the odds he was trying know. to offload it after you, like, yanked it off of something? It's his ex-girlfriend's keyboard. You have someone's keyboard. I think, I think that it was actually his. The F-sharp key doesn't really work, which mm. kind of sucks. Um, but, I, you know, I manage... And when I got to his apartment, he had, like, a baby grand in his living room. 200 I can take the baby grand? Uh, why not? I'm just, <laughs> it was, like, two... I, well, my first thought was, wait, how did you get that in here? Yeah. <laughs> because it's, like, a, a you know, a, an apartment building in Washington Heights where, you know, the hallways are not bigger than five feet, maybe. Take the legs off, turn it sideways? Even so. Oof. Yeah, uh, very impressive. That is, I did see a guy with a piano about that size on the F train, like so, a stand up, like a stand up. So he wow. had a stand up on, on I mean, he has it on a tro- on a, a dolly. Oh, and that's cool. He's just standing at the end of the platform, and I wanted to take a picture because I feel like no one would ever believe me. But he's sitting there and he's wheeling the the casual just wheels a piano on, locks the wheels down, and sits. And I'm like, oh damn, they're gonna get a free show with a real piano. Yeah. I wonder if he was busking. I don't know, but if you are with a full upright, bro, that I... More power to you. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I have no choice but to at least give you a full... A full dollar. A full dollar? <laughs> one... An actual paper dollar, not even quarters, which maybe... Monopoly currency. money. I think that's cruel. That's a cold world. Anyway. <laughs> well... Hi, Olga. How are hi, you? Hi, <laughs> I'm right. here with, with Olga. I... So, Olga and I met... Gosh, like 2010, yeah. 2009, yeah. working at the U.S. Open. Yep. yep. In I still our, have that shirt, too. our blue polos and red sneakers. And red sneakers, yeah. What was and it? The, the khakis. What an interesting time. That was yeah. good. That was the year that Serena had her meltdown. That was. Yeah. We were, were you there that day? Yeah. I was in the elevator because that was my job. Oh, that's right. Running the elevator. <laughs> Would you like to go up, sir or madame? Bing! That is a very hard job. Did you stretch your hand before you were, like, pressing buttons or I, no. freestyling it? No. It was actually a good job for me because I was in school at the time, and I would practice my French. Nice. I would. I had my French flashcards in there. A lot of the time, um, the super wealthy were like, I can press my own buttons. <laughs> cool, man. Like, they were offended by oh, it. Yeah. So, um... But it was what it was. And we got to see some free tennis. Yay! Yay! Go We love tennis. tennis. <laughs> We're dropping boots over here. That's how excited yeah. we are. Exactly. Delightful. Um, so, yeah. Olga. Yes, and I, So, I know I know Olga as Olga Pataki, who yeah. is probably my favorite cartoon character The ever. smartest one in the bunch, honestly. She was in college, right? When Helga... She... It was like something mystical. Yeah, she was, she was Helga's sister. That's right. Yeah. Helga was the one who... Romance. There's nothing but true romance in that entire show. Have you seen like the memes of them as as grown ups and like how um, Arnold and uh, Helga actually get together? No. And live happily ever after. And no matter how old she is, she still has the unibrow. (laughs) I I got rid of my unibrow, but you know, there was a minute I was trying to embrace it, just wasn't for me. But. I'm waiting for one of the Kardashians to just bring it do back. it. Oh, no, one of them will. One of them will. Once you're once you're over the thick eyebrow Nike check look, you're probably gonna transition easily into yeah into the unibrow. Just, just one. Just 
straight across? Just one. Yeah, well, Anthony Davis, who plays for the Pelicans in the NBA, he's in the Pelicans still, he, uh, he's got his unibrow trademark. Interesting. Yeah. So, there's different strokes for different folks. It's huh. on his basketball sneaker. I think it's on the tongue or the, the heel of it. It's just the eyebrows. And he's called it, I feel like it would look like a, a, a stick bird. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or awkward McDonald's arches. Yeah, the, we didn't try, but you're subtly giving the hint, I want McDonald's, but you don't want anybody to know. You're like, oh, no, I'm writing, mmm, it also McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid logo choice. Huh. Okay. But, well. you know, eyebrows are, eyebrows are in and trendy, apparently. There you go. <laughs> um, so, Holga is a video producer for Complex Networks. He's a Marita. So what what is your how do you express yourself creatively through that? Um so I'm going to I can do the shameless plug. Yeah. Oh, cool. So um I actually have done a documentary um with Complex uh under the news vertical under style and it was uh called No Free Walls and I spent a year and change with a director um a wonderful guy by the name of Raph Moses. He and I spent a long time in Bushwick. Um, documenting the Bushwick Collective, and they were, it was started by one guy who was kind of doing it as like a neighborhood cleanup, and then it spiraled out of control and turned into like a huge like living museum, like a mural mm-hmm. of sorts. And probably two years into its inception, some ads started showing up. So we kind of followed the art into the advertisers into you know what wins is it creativity or is it you know money at the end of the day? Right. So, right. Um, Telling stories like that is what I really, really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple other projects that I'm working on that are all just as interesting. I'm born and bred in New York. We yeah, have a million, from the Bronx. Hell yes. We have a, Jesus and Mero are friends of mine. They are yeah. not, but let's be friends. Um, <laughs> but um, just the idea of uh, there are 10 million people in the city, 10 million different stories. Mm-hmm. Getting to tell that you know, is, is, is important to me. It's something I've always wanted to do. I write, I do weird stuff. I have a show that's all around conspiracies and we find like the most bullshit conspiracies in pop culture. So it's stuff like black mirror. Are we living in a black mirror? Uh, We had Bill Nye explain flat earth theory. So we got to do a lot of really cool stuff and that's kind of my subversive way of being weird and educational, you know, until Sesame Street is like, girl, Come hang out with me. <laughs> we need, like, an adult Sesame Street. Oh, for sure. We Like, something that's not quite Cosmos, but not Sesame Street. So, like, yeah. an MTV... I would watch a reality show with a bunch of, like, drunk puppets. I think a lot of the info now comes from, from Complex. Yeah. You know, where we kind of you get into you know, some of the, the issues that mm-hmm. are out there. Like, we'll we'll talk about, you know, how a kid with a SoundCloud, you know, following of, like, 20,000 has more money in the bank than, than I do. Yeah. Um, I think music news is interesting because it, it's disseminated so much faster on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, on right. Facebook, on, you know, on all these different social media platforms. So the validity of it, usually falls on the journalist that's now trying to catch up with the story. So it can be something breaking like um, Chester Bennington, you know, committing suicide. TMZ broke it. Mm -hmm. And it immediately went through all the social streams. Faster than I think media, like video media, television media caught up with it. Because it's like we immediately went into, is this real? Right. You know what I mean? And I think for MTV News, they had that same kind of that we have to verify we have to make sure because I think now I mean, we're both old enough to say it like now these kids know more about something and they're mm-hmm. willing to trust it just a little more than if I double check it and just yeah. make sure that's really true right. and you hear about the hoaxes and everything right like I think they've killed Celine Dion twice so how do you feel about that access of of information and like I get the Times and CNN updates on my phone right away. Mm-hmm. As somebody who who works in in news, how do you think that that's beneficial, or do you think that we need to like take those alerts away and let information come to us at a slower pace? Um, well, it's like ticker tape. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred years ago, the New York Times was using just like the ticker getting information from AP, from Reuters, from BBC, Uh um, up until probably 
2005, there was the Times Square ticker that gave you updated information. Is that not there anymore? It's not there. It's oh my God. a giant Walgreens, like, super ad. Like, where the ball drops that same building? Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. That's I don't go to Times Square enough, clearly. <laughs> I don't think you're missing too much. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get out more. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a neon jungle out there. No, if, if I think with with information being... There's, there's a double-edged sword. Information being readily available is great because, like, fast time alerts, we get amber alerts, we get, you know, mm-hmm. mis, mistimed and terribly unfortunate, like, Hawaii's about to get missiles. ballistic missiles. You know, Not like... But you, the, the, the fact that we can get that that quickly, whether mm-hmm. it's a drunk intern or, like, someone at defense screwing up, yeah, it's helpful. But I think on the other side of it, we're very quick to trust it. I, I think there's only three that I absolutely trust. Um, it would be CNN. It was The Times. Um, I actually go more towards, like, the uh, Chicago sometimes or, okay. or L.A., yeah, the Washington I, get, Post. I get LA Times updates yeah. emailed to me. Because part of it, and I think part of it is I still kind of, as as a kid who went past a journalism major, a multimedia mm-hmm. broadcast major, I want to make sure I'm telling you the right thing. I can give you the heads up and be like, hey, this is happening. Mm-hmm. But then, hey, this is happening, just hang on, let me get you the right stuff. Right. And that's, that's applicable to like any job, even if it's not in media. It's like, hey, we're doing a fire drill, and then you come in and... Yeah. The fire drill. I think with with readily available information, part of part of that can get lost. You know, um, for sure. Florida. Would, I saw it, the the situation that happened in Florida. Such a bummer already. Damn. I know. You know. Don't worry. We're gonna we're get gonna get fun. Happier. But the situation in Florida, I saw it on Twitter first uh-huh. because these kids. It didn't register that these kids were live tweeting. Live tweeting it. It yeah. didn't register for me until I was looking. I was like, what the hell is going on? turn on the news at about four o'clock which is probably about an hour after it happened Mm -hmm. and local news is pumping through you know nbc for here in new york from florida yeah and they had they had basically within the hour collected as much information as possible and not i i I was not sure because you're trolls on twitter there's there are bots on twitter there's Mm -hmm. so many things that now have kind of taken it as i don't trust it once I've seen the information shown on screen and validated through a news source, then I can say, holy shit, these kids were probably sending their last messages. Ugh. You know? Yeah. And I think that, that that's now the new tandem. i got to make sure, if I'm seeing this, I need to make sure it's real, and when mm-hmm. it is real, now I have to tell you what's going yeah. on. You know? And I, I think that ready information is great, but I need I need more of it before... Yeah, source, yeah. Yeah, before I'm just like, word, that's true! Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's um... Yeah, I it, I have a hard time getting that much information that quickly. When I got the alert about the Florida shooting, I literally looked at my phone and put it down and just said, "Oh, another one." Yeah. And it didn't register and it didn't and I just I don't know if that's because I just get too many alerts on my phone mm-hmm. or if it's if we're that desensitized to it. But we're not here to talk about gun control. No. We're here to talk about music. <laughs> we're going to do and it. And I find, you know, segueing into um, the speed with which we're uh, introduced to new music and new artists, yeah. Yeah. It, it rivals how fast we're getting news. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I look at Cardi B and... <laughs> Go so Bronx. There was there was one day where I got and so I, I work in music licensing and I got a request for an artist who wanted to cover um, Bodak Yellow, and I it, I had never heard the song before, but as I'm researching it, it's number one, yeah. and it was like where did this artist come from yeah. and how how do you just get that much of a following that fast like you're you're going from 0 to 60 what it seems like to us but how much time and power With and resources yeah. have been put behind an artist like that well, do you see that a lot within complex are you guys oh, constantly yeah. being um, just given you know new artists and like hey check this out break this artist in in whatever way you can you know run this news story yeah yeah um so we have we have pigeons and planes that's part of the i love pigeons and planes out here crushing it they legitimately do listen to submissions that are sent to them 
It's not. Did you all hear that? I'll, I'll, one more time. They do listen to <laughs> submissions yeah. that are sent. That's amazing. Um, and they've done such a great job. Like, I started really getting into, like, the complex universe uh, because of that Do Androids Dance, which mm-hmm. no longer exists, and uh, Collider. But uh, PNP was so good at finding artists that were doing it on, on their own. Mm-hmm. Cardi B, I believe, had the groundswell and luck of having been on Love and Hip Hop. Oh, so that yeah. that 22-episode arc kind of put her in people's faces. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a regular dead girl from the Bronx. Like, that... That was her. That's authentically her on a reality show, and if if I'm if I'm remembering right, we we just kind of followed the groundswell. We actually had her come to the office and do a skit, mm-hmm. and this was this was around the time that Bodak was starting to catch a little steam, and it was kind of a groundswell. But it's that same thing. It's like you meet a person, it doesn't register that oh I have this song. And you're like cool, the song is great, and yeah, someone else is like the song is great, the song is great, the song is great, and I think that that word of mouth still exists mm-hmm. and then like it's on SoundCloud and then she's like here then she's like on, on the, the, the floor seats of the NBA All-Star game it's I, I think it's just a matter of, of being good knowing what's happening you know musically mm-hmm. and I think for for the experience it's just going we still want to find new music you still want to be the person that said first yeah you know yeah. and I, I think every day just on a personal level we take that risk of saying first I told people Janelle Monae is going to be great like oh, go listen to her and I was like ah, I don't know and I was working in an old job I told them and this was like I used to work her campaign her digital campaign it's like come and bring Lady Gaga she's going to be great uh, I don't know because her yeah. shtick at the time was like she was you know future glam or whatever but yeah. people are resistant they're always going to be resistant to finding something new mm-hmm. and then when you get to the internet the world it's it's your world is your oyster right you put in like a genre and you're like what is this the weirdest story that i can tell you is my f- i was a huge myspace user i was an early adopter which sounds like such a dick thing i now. was a late person to myspace i was so resistant to it i was like i'm not doing this and, and then, then yeah. whoosh i got sucked in so hard. yeah you're just like oh i'm gonna update every day Dude, when the top five went to top ten, it was like oh, it was like the Hunger Games. Everyone was like, how come I'm not in your ten? What the hell? <laughs> a lot of contention for those spots. Why is Tom number one? Always. I don't know him. Delete. Yeah, no. I As a troll, I kept Tom at number ten. Yeah. Just so awesome. Him. Um, but for, for, uh, for me, it was keep him at, keep him at ten. And when I started in MySpace, I was one of those fools that used to put the playlist on, mm-hmm. right? So you'd put, like, ten songs, your favorite songs, or whatever. And a friend of mine uh, were obsessed with Degrassi. Oh, yeah. And a kid named Aubrey, Gra- Aubrey Graham mm-hmm. sent us a friend blast. He's like, hey, my name is Aubrey. Um, I hope you like my mixtape. It's, this is it's the most called, amazing story ever. It's called... I think I still have it. If I can find it, I will send you the screenshot of every... I'm, but my I love name this. Is, my name is Aubrey. Um, and it was the October's very own one, so it's like him with the with the forest behind him with the whole thing. My friend are like, oh my god! Oh my god, Jimmy from Degrassi! And then probably six months to a year later, I'm staring at Drake. And I was like... Yeah. Whoa! And this Where was like pre, come from? right? It was like pre pre beard J, J, Jimmy, and it was yeah. like yeah. And but that's the power of just like having the confidence and just doing it. So mm-hmm. it's like in music publication, you're going. You had the balls to send me that. I'm gonna listen to it, and I did. I still have that. That's awesome. I still have that. Yeah. I, it's probably one of the best, one of the, the strongest ones that I've played. Yeah, I get lots of those, and I love them. I really do. Um, it's it's hard for me to listen to everything because there's. I feel like I'm constantly listening to music, and sometimes I just yeah. need to, to stop. But. I want to hear the sound of potato chips being eaten. That's ASMR. Yeah. So Let's do this. Let's talk about this. All right, I have a really jacked up list, don't I? Yeah, so <laughs> Olga has done something. Um, <laughs> I asked her, of course, for her top five, and top she five. sent me 20. 20. I have a mixtape. I have a mixtape <laughs> rapper vibe. Some of them are interludes. It's not the full song. So this is the first episode where I have no idea what we're getting into. We're, do, we're, we're doing we're doing crafts where you just roll the dice and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I you don't even have to do them in order. You can just 
be like, all right, I can't forget okay. this guy. Yeah, all right. I got to look at the list because it is, in fact, is it really 20? It is, in fact, 20. That's nuts. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. So you said that this was, like, your your playlist mixtape. Yeah. So a lot of these are songs that I, they came to me at a, at a point that I really needed them. Mm-hmm. And another, another uh, a couple of them are, like, just nostalgia. And some are just, like, I grew up listening to it. It was always in the house. Mm-hmm. It was always like on an old, an actual cassette mixtape that my mom had got. So I'm that old, kids. I know what a cassette tape is. Did you ever tape off the radio? Yes, it was Outcast Rosa Parks off a of Hot 97. I had a recorder. Um, I had the tape deck in, and I would wait till like Funk Master Flex would shut up, and then I'd press record. Funk Master Flex. Funk Master Flex. Wow. Yep. As soon as he's like, hey, yo, I got that new one from Matt I was like, boop. And I recorded yeah. Rosa Parks right off the radio. And if you if you ever did mixtapes, like if you ever recorded them straight off the radio, uh-huh. you always just, you always miss stopping it for the commercial uh-huh. or whatever would come up. So like every time I hear that song in my head, I'm always like, Major World Auto. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? So you hear those things and you listen to it so much. I, yeah. Uh-huh. It was good. Yeah. I used to bootleg them. It was fun. I, uh, yeah. The, the radio station that I used to tape off of, at the end of the song, they would have this, like, kind of futuristic laser sound that was, like, oh. So that is, like, ingrained at the end of every, every song. Pop song. Yep. Yep. If I hear me, baby, that one more time, shoo. Yep. <laughs> the mix. Yeah. That yep. was, yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. But, I recorded um, all those drops. <laughs> the struggle. Yeah. I... I don't, and that's the thing. I think kids are so lucky they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember when Kazaa, Shazam, uh, Napster were a thing, and you're on dial-up, Kazaa. and it was you, you, it was a crapshoot. You put the song, you're like 192 megabytes. I guess that sounds okay. And you'd play Risk, <laughs> and you'd click it, and you'd probably spend about an hour watching the little Bargo mm-hmm. and listening to your computer were, and then you'd get it, and you're like, yes, and it was basically someone's phone recording of a song yep it would be like toilet flushing <laughs> like these kids are so lucky they don't have to worry about that but like that's yeah, that's they what don't have to worry about the toilet flushing mother right to like ah good thank you like, yeah like your <laughs> their experience was different <laughs> like now you can really sit in the kind of cultivate and curate your list and like yeah. you don't have drops you don't have you know sketchy 192 kilobyte rate rates now 320 yeah. is the best one though if you can get it not that I promote that. I do, and I I <laughs> fully, like, I love listening to the radio. There's, especially, like, morning radio. Yeah. Where it's, we're going to prank call our friends. Like, <laughs> Linda, your hundred's having an affair. Yeah. I really hope that everybody still, like, turns that on once in a while. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're in your car, turn the radio on. Yeah. Why not? Support, support the local Support stations. the radio arts. <laughs> Hey, they're still around. They are. I need them for all of my, my dank memory and good jokes, I guess. Prank calls. So what's song number one? Song number one is uh, Linkin Park, Leave Out All the Rest. It's on their third album. And at the time that it had come out, a lot of people kind of over their whole aesthetic. Actually, it's like more of their fourth album because reanimation counts. This is where I turn into a nerd. Um, <laughs> And it came out about 2008. The weird thing about it was that it was featured on the Twilight soundtrack. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I had the, it, I had the album mm-hmm. before the Twilight movie had come out. And it was like, my friend was like, oh, we gotta go see this movie. And I'm like, why is a Lincoln Park song playing? But it had been like my favorite. Um, it was just one of those songs that came at the right time. It was going through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it had like a... It had a very interesting kind of message. It sounds very dear. It's very sad. It's very, like, it's a little bit of a downer song. But the message is you just do it. You have to, like, you, we're all eventually going to come to the end of our timelines, mm-hmm. right? But whatever we've done is how people will remember you. And you want to make sure that you're at least leaving something positive behind. Even if it's, right. I, you know, I used to wrestle hippopotami in my day. Or whatever the case may be, you have, I have a thing for hippos. Yeah, um, I was like, that's true. <laughs> yay! Um, like, it, it's just the idea of being, of, of leave something. If you're going to leave, leave something. Mm-hmm. And then when he, uh, he passed in July, that, the photo caption was the lyrics, the, the hook to that song. And I did have a crying fit. Because yeah. it was like, 
I've grown up with this band. It's like 20 years of my life mm-hmm. with this group. And to have that many, like, moments and touchstones, there's not one album that they put out, one song that hasn't hit something that's going on in my life. Like, they were the perfectly timed band, yeah. you know. Yeah. And even with new rock and new metal and everything kind of going into the toilet post that whole world, they were, they are 100% committed to doing things in their own way. There is right. no other band that's like that, that's willing to experiment, willing to have a Jay-Z co-sign mm-hmm. and continue, you know, doing whatever the hell it is they want to do. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, go for it. I, my first introduction to Linkin Park was Hybrid Theory, which I think is their first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, this is such a nerdy story. I love nerdy I was in marching band and, of course, I was, like, an angsty teenager. Who wasn't? Um, but I remember riding on the bus on the way home after, like, a band competition. Right. Where we didn't win and being, like, really upset and putting that album on and just listening to it the entire bus ride home. Yeah. And it was, like, the first introduction to, like, really almost, I I wouldn't call them heavy metal, but, like that harder rock sound where you're right. like, I'm angry, and, and this, this feels fun. good. Yeah. This feels really good to yeah. have somebody be able to express how I feel. And it just, I am not a, a super fan of them. I don't know their whole cat- catalog, but mm-hmm. that I just remember how good that made me feel. Yeah. And and I that's one of the best parts about art is that you can reach people who you wouldn't normally think would be interested, interested in yeah. being reached. Um, it's music yeah. therapy. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think everybody who listened to Hybrid Theory at like fifteen, sixteen were like, Yeah, you understand. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I loved I don't know why, but I've always loved rap music. Yeah. So to have rap and rock and this really like grungy sound I was all about it. Yeah. I was all about it. I was like, I found this cool band that, and it's exactly. a new sound and exactly. nobody else knows what it is. You don't know it. We don't, the kids love it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You, know, you run around like, I got I got a, a, a mix CD uh-huh. from a, a classmate who was like, hey, I think you'll like this. So she gets a gold. I still have the CD. It still mm-hmm. plays. And I have it. And I'm looking. I was like, I don't know what this is. So I'll play it. And it was like all of their demos. Mm-hmm. And then the full Hybrid Theory album, like all burned on like 20 songs. And I bumped it, and then I went and bought the actual CD. But that's mm-hmm. that's how it works. If somebody comes over to you and you're like, I like this. This was something for me at this moment. Maybe it's something for you at that moment. Yeah. You know, and that's... Spread. Spread music. the music. Um, and speaking of spreading the music... Mm. Weird. Um, <laughs> weird segue. <laughs> uh, you can hear all of the songs that we're talking about today by finding us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, Olga will have her own playlist, so you'll be able to listen to everything that she is inspired by. And quietly judge me. <laughs> no judgment here. Damn skips. Um, okay, what's next? Alright, um, I'm gonna stick with the metal theme, Iron Maiden, mm. Aces High. Yeah. Um, so, again, this is another high school story. Um, my, she's been my, clo- my best friend for a long time. Um, my friend Liz was a, a... I don't want to say an acolyte. She bonded with the religion teacher at my high school. And he was, you know, doing catechism, doing all these, like, heavily, incredibly religious Catholic type stuff. And Mr. D uh, was like, hey, do you guys want to listen to some, you know, music from my day? I'm like, okay, cool. So he gave us Power Slave. And she had the tape. She got the cassette. I got the CD. And we went and listened to it. The album came out in 1984, which is our birth year, which is the weirdest effing thing in the world to sit and listen to a band that released the, probably one of the best albums the year you were born. Right. So dial up in my house. She's like, dude, let's go watch the Aces High video because I had an enhanced CD. Mm-hmm. The kids don't know what that is. Record labels would do the extra and throw like a video or like wallpapers or aim icons on the Where you CD. would put it into your computer yep. and then it would pop up. I had this for like the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, same. I had it for Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC, but their European one, which is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we popped it in, and it, it's real player. Real player was trash. Mm-hmm. So we'd, we, we'd, it would start. I'm old. What do you want me to do? It would start, and we're like, God goes a siren. Because it was buffering. 
And we, it took us probably eight minutes to get through a five-minute song. That's funny. And we'd be like, run, live to, buffering. Fly! Like, <laughs> I can call her right now, and she would be like, dude, I remember that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a favorite. It came out, it came, again, right moment, you know, mm-hmm. in life. I finally got to see him at Barclays last year with Liz. Oh, wow. They didn't play that one, but they played another favorite of ours, and mm-hmm. it was just like... It's all it's all coming together. There's synergy here. Yeah, it was good. I like. How it. do you feel about the legacy tours that that? Oh yeah. I don't want to say older, but we can't do this anymore, bands. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But I saw Journey and Def Leppard. Awesome. In Virginia Beach in awesome. like 2006. Okay. And they're doing this tour again this year, like 12 years later. Okay. And it's like, but it's. It's Journey and Def Leppard together again. Like, yeah. Is it? I don't know. Okay. I th- do you do the same thing until you stop selling tickets? I think so. Elton John is about to go on I the know. most ambitious. And I'm about to pay $200 yeah. to see him. That's the thing. When you grow up listening to certain bands, right? Mm-hmm. You catch your parents or someone gives you a, a, an album from someone who's older, who's like from their generation. Mm-hmm. When you hear they're going to go on tour, it's partly for your parents you know, older sisters, older brothers, and then sort of for you, because they probably had a chance to see them before. And then you're going, oh, shit, I kind of want to see that too. I know, and this might be the last chance. Yeah. Which is exactly why I went and saw Journey and Def Leppard. See? <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm not mad at that decision. One of my one of my very close friends, they, they now live in, in Massachusetts. They came into New Jersey to go to MetLife to see, um, to see Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not mad at you. No. And I would, that would be my move also. But it, it's like that fear. Like, I've, uh, Metallica played at Yankee Stadium a couple years ago, and I used to work in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And they were there, and I couldn't get in. But a friend of mine did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just bring me back a tour shirt. So I have a tour shirt from a concert that I didn't get to go to, but I plan on going to a Metallica show, because I don't know when, they're, when like, James Head feels like, I can't see your hair anymore, you know? Like, you never know. I'm not mad at legacy tours. The only thing that makes me nervous is that will I want to pay that much money for something that I could probably just get the live DVD from. Yeah, but you know? the experience of going yeah. to the show is everything. Yeah. I have a cap. I won't pay more than like 50 bucks to go to a show. Yeah. Which sucks because like I really want to see Lord. Oh, I want to see oh, Lord so bad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. She's just, her tickets are just too expensive. But see, that's the other thing. If you're not, if album sales are okay, streaming and whatever, mm-hmm. your money is getting made on the back end from tours. Like Justin Timberlake is all, is like charging redonkulous. Yeah. And I'm like, I like it, but I don't like it that much. Right. I bought 2020 and 2020 was okay, mm-hmm. you know, price wise. But now this is like 300 ahead. Yeah. And unless he's sitting in my lap and singing the hits to you, to me directly. Yeah. Like just we're right here. Maybe a duet. Maybe yeah. I feel like I feel like I can three hundred dollars to duet with Justin Timberlake. Right, and go to charity, you know, whatever. But yeah, I th- no, I'm I'm hundred percent on you with the, with the cap and sixty forty on legacy tours. Yeah, but man. You can't beat Def Leppard and Journey. I know, and Elton John. I saw Billy Joel at Wrigley Field. Okay. Not at, yeah, at Wrigley Field, and I thought this is. Like, I have to go to this. Right. Because it's Billy Joel at Wrigley Field. Right. And I I think I knew, like, three songs that he played. The Sandra three that wind up in every movie, Vienna, New York State of Mind. And Piano and Man. And Piano Man, yeah. And then once those times, like, great, thanks, it's been great. I actually got up and went to the bathroom and came back and was like, I still don't know what he's would I have changed it for anything in the world? No. Oh, yeah. Because it's it was experience. such a cool experience. Um, yeah. I'm still going to see Elton John. Do it. Because it literally is, is he going to do this again? Because yeah. now the other end, you kind of have that regret moment where it's like they were in town, you didn't go. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, never doing it again. Yeah. You know. I also have the same feeling about Janet Jackson. Yes. Like, I want to see her so bad, but... It's always like the tickets are, are too expensive. Mm-hmm. I, when I was living in Chicago, Eminem headlined Lollapalooza. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know enough about Lollapalooza to get my tickets 
when I should have. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go. And I remember that night, the girl, I was bartending in a restaurant, and the girl that I was supposed to be bartending with actually, like, quit her job. She was like, I'm not coming to work because I'm going to see Eminem at Lollapalooza. She lost her job overseeing so Eminem. Now. And I was like, oh, man, I should have done that. <laughs> That's so, a pretty G move. Yeah, so Eminem is playing Governor's Ball yeah. this year. I bought that ticket. I bought all $150 <laughs> of that ticket. Respect. There's so I mean, Churches is playing that day. Billie Eilish yeah, is also no, playing have, that day. So it's, like, definitely worth day. it. Yeah. But I'm like, I have to see Eminem. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want the opportunity to pass. And the, the thing that sucks is he's doing festival tours, and I don't know if he'll do arena. I got to see him at MetLife, and I'm a huge M fan. Uh-huh. I saw him at MetLife with Rihanna. Oh, that's and cool. It was like ah! fangirl a little bit, but yeah, I dig uh-huh. it. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go down a blaze of glory, I'm going all in. Uh-huh. I'm here for it. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm probably gonna end up. Going by myself because I don't know anybody else in my circle of music friends who's yeah. like, yeah, $150 CM? I mean, it's good. <laughs> like, I went last year and it's like, I, I stayed, I saw Logic. Um, I missed Childish Gambino because I wanted to desperately get off the island before it got nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, festivals are, festivals are a tricky thing because I feel like now you get more bang for your buck if you're going to spend... $150, you get at least 10 bands you really want to see in one shot. Like, last mm-hmm. year, at GovBall, Dua Lipa was, like, she was on at 12.30. Yeah. And I stood there and I watched her, and I, like, immediately was like, all right, cool, I gotta go check this chick out. And, you know, got yeah. the album. But it was 12.30 on a Saturday, when everybody is really just kind of wait, waiting to see Wu-Tang that was, like, opening the night stage at 7. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I got Dua Lipa, I got Wu-Tang, I, so, I got Ray Schremmerd, I got YG, I got all these different people all over the place for, like, one day. Yeah. You know? It is cool. And that's the best way to be introduced to yeah. music, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm standing here waiting for one artist, and I'm mm-hmm. being introduced to another artist, which is, I think, the best part about festivals. Festivals, for sure. Yeah. 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 Right, right, what's next? Let's go for number three. Um, I, I want to change it up. I got the opportunity uh, in 2016 to go cover Bonnaroo, and Tennessee is a very interesting state. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, I'd gone down there. We really only had about two days to be there, and it was Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Friday, I got to meet and stare and share uh, Sour Patch Kids with Zoe Kravitz. Um, she was she's touring. So she was touring with Lola Wolf, so we went down there to talk. Fantastic! I I do. It was probably the best middle of the afternoon delight. I've lost her. She's gone. She's I insane. literally died. <laughs> I died. So we got to watch the performance. It was like everything you've ever wanted from someone who is a legacy kid. Let's face it. Like your your dad's Lenny. You can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, your mom's Lisa Bonet. You can do no wrong. Like, literally the perfect the perfect human baby angel. Um, so she did her set. She came back. We said, I'm ready to do this interview. And she's like, hey. Like, talking. Because she thought I was going to be, like, the person interviewing. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the, the producer. Nice to meet you. She's like, you want a Sour Patch Kid? It's like, yeah. Fuck yeah. So we stood there <laughs> in the field doing cameras and, like, doing a sound check. And I'm sitting there eating Sour Patch Kids with her. And I was like, you know, we're talking and vibing. But that night um, was fantastic because I got to see J. Cole from the photo pit. I'm like a massive J. Cole fan. Dreamville, his entire, his entire just mythos is so awe-inspiring. Like, this is a kid who just, like, from Fayetteville just kind of wanted to do his own thing, get signed to Rock Nation. They're not quite sure what to do with him, but he continues, yeah. you know, working. Um and it's on 2014 Forest Hills Drive. It's called Apparently. And it's kind of dedicated to his mom. And just just how he's he's continued doing things even when it feels like I just I have to stop. But somehow you still you still believe in what I'm doing even as I'm fucking up. Mm-hmm. Like I have a goal. I have a mission. I have an agenda. I'm going to I'm going to do it. And it's like saw it live. And this is my per- this is my moment. I'm going to paint it, paint it, paint it how I want to. And in it's like perfect southern night, you know, cloudless, 
stars, it's him, a live band, and I just went, boosh, I started sobbing, I was like, this is so perfect, Jermaine, yes, it's tied only with Saint Tropez, which is another favorite song, but apparently, seeing apparently live, having just gone through all, listening to 2014 Far Souls Drive, like, and Mm -hmm. seeing different points, like, there's a great song, Get Off My Dick, like, that's it, that's the title, G-O-M-D, I'm like, yes, yeah, and it's like one of those, you know, one of those standout songs on a standout album that's just like, right place, right time, right moment. Mm-hmm. It was just, ugh. but yeah, that's that's one of since we were talking about rap. But I am a huge Eminem fan. Yeah, but well, I, he's got a he's got a full he's got a full discography. You can't you can't just pick one. I know. Um. All right, you ready for a zig and zag? Was that number three? Yeah. Jay. Okay. Um. I'm gonna go with. Regina Spector folding chair. Ooh, Regina Spector. So good. So good. good. Um, I got to see her at um, Town Hall. Um, It was just before her most recent album um, was released. So she was kind of just like demoing it and kind of workshopping a couple of songs. So it was really cool, like super high up. It's just Regina, the piano. That was it. That's it. That was it. I, I, you know, you, you, you grow up, you get people, like, giving, oh, look, this song, this song, everybody, had, I'd gotten, um, oh, God, was it, uh, 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 I can't remember. Oh, her first, first, really her first real big, big single. Breakout hit. Um, so that, I was like, okay, cool, you know, you kind of go through, and life being as weird as it is, um, I was working at a production house that we worked with the Wall Street Journal, and they used to do kind of what Tiny Desk series is for NPR. Yeah. She was our special guest. And I worked in the large working office space. We had a freight elevator, and they had booked her for the show. So that was really the first time I... It was from what we saw from the cheap seats. that She was promoing that up. Mm-hmm. So we brought a baby grand upstairs. Guy comes in to tune it. She comes in. She's this tiny. She plays the whole thing. I'm like, oh, oh, my God, this is amazing. See her at Town Hall years later. Um, I took my, my, um, my person to Radio City floor seats to see Regina Spector. Um, and all of this is wrapped around the fact that I was having the shittiest day ever. It was a work-related thing. My person's driving me, like, it's going to be fine, we're going to be fine, everything's going to be great. It was over stupid work bullshit. Yeah, It's going to be fine, it's going to be great. Puts on folding chair. So I'm like, I hate everything! Mm. I'm like, no! Stop it! I'm happy! Okay! And it was like, it's one of those, like, nope, 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 okay. Cool. And it yeah. just, it, again, right place, right time, right moment, just here. Mm-hmm. Stop being a dick, listen to this song. So now, every time I've seen her live, I'm like, oh, please play that song, please play that song, please play that song, please play yeah. you know. But, again, it's like, it, it happened in that moment. I'd seen her for Wall Street Journal, like, we ran cameras where she's doing all these great songs, like, oh, this is great, I love it, I love it. And a song she didn't even bother playing anywhere that I've seen is the thing that was, like, solidified. Right time, this is perfect. Yeah. Is that something that she has in her rotation for nearly every show? No. No. Um, I think I have the set list on here from the, from the Radio City show. I've actually never seen her, and she's somebody on my short list where it's like, if if the right opportunity comes up, I just have to go. Yeah, just, just do it. Let's see. She did Grand Hotel, Bleeding Heart. No, she did Fidelity. That was the last one she did. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it was literally just, like, all her new stuff. She did blue, she did a couple things. But it was, it's like, you know, when you go to a show, and it's like, I like, I love you so much, just that one. Play for the kid in the back, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, you come and you play your hits, and that's what everyone pays for. But, you know, like a J. Cole, he's just like, I'm going to pull this one out of my ass. I hope Mm -hmm. you like it. You know, but. One of my favorite um, moments is I have. Uh, a band that I've seen a couple times mm-hmm. and they had a song on their first album that not the best song that's ever been written but there was something like really sentimental and just like it. really was well, I don't want to say after I say that <laughs> <laughs> I mean like for other people it's like this basically right. it was a song about growing old and how like even though you go your separate ways in, right. in life you can always come back together and you'll just be a little bit older Okay. And there, because I have, like, gone from New York to L.A. and back to New York mm-hmm. and then to Chicago, I find that I reconnect with old friends often. Right. And I also lose friends, you know, 
um, yeah. grow out of touch, really. Uh, so that's, it was just a song, and they don't play it anymore because it's not a hit, and it's not the greatest right. song that's ever been written. So, right. But I remember um, the lead singer saying, you know, this might be the last time we get to play this song live, and just, like, being really sad. I think I actually filmed it. And oh, like, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm being a, a fangirl there. No, being anyway. a fangirl, that's, that's, but that's why music exists. That's why live bands, live shows, live venues exist, because mm-hmm. you start at the bottom of the, you know, we're going to split play, like, Kenny's Castaways, which no longer exists, but we're going to play, like, oh, man. We're losing them left we're and right. We're losing them so fast. We're losing them left and right. And, again, I think it's the festival thing, too. You know, like, you're, if you're assigned to a label, you know, even if you're at the lower rung of it, they're going to try and throw you into a Made in America, into a Bonnaroo, into a Lala, into a Rolling Loud, into Fool's Gold. They're going to find something to throw you into. Yeah. Instead of, like, go play it here and go play it there. Like, the hustle yeah. is almost not there. Right. It's like, and kind of going back to Complex. Right. I feel like you guys have a huge responsibility in being tastemakers. For sure, yeah. No, you... Would we care about this song that's now number one? Mm-hmm. This is a hypothetical <laughs> scenario. This is it's not my song, like, guys. Uh, you know, if, if I recorded a song and had the right support behind me, I could sell anything. Right. It doesn't mean that it's good. It doesn't mean that it's the best. It's just... It's kind of... You know, we as as a society are spoon-fed pop culture and with that I think that's why we're losing a lot of these bands that have a history of riding around the country in a van and a ton of great stories to tell and great relationships with one another Um, and that artistry it doesn't exist when you're immediately shuffled into the system right and that's unfortunate because we want that. We want that good yeah. music. And I think it depends on what, what part of the coast you're into, because I think, I've, I've been to LA a total of two times, but... Me too. Um, the uh, time I lived there and the time I went back yeah, to visit. See? <laughs> you know, not even an exaggeration. Shit. We have to, then we have to plan a field trip. We should. We'll, I, to, well, I want to take the pot on the road. Do it, Because yeah. I have a ton of friends on the, on the left coast that... I want to be a part of this. Figure, so. Yeah, figure out if they, what their, their music scene is like, because I know that whiskey's still going. There's, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of, like, venues there, but I think East Coast, West Coast, we're so, like, oh, shit, do we have anything worth playing here? Terminal 5 is probably the largest venue. Bowery, Mercury Lounge. Oh, Bowery is my favorite. If Bowery ever goes, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm right. done with the Gramercy, line. like, you can name them all on, on mm-hmm. you know, one hand, but it's true. Like, if Bowery goes, then so goes the rest yeah, of the of the universe. Baby's All Right is, like, the next, like, thing. Mm-hmm. Knitting Factory, I think, is in in, in Brooklyn now. Warsaw's mm-hmm. closed. Like, we don't have those places now. So when in a band, even if you just start up from the neighborhood, you don't have that support. Mm-hmm. I saw the bravery at Bowery like a thousand years ago and wow. this was around the time that the strokes had really blown up for the Lower East Side mm-hmm. and it was this woman who was screaming Julian! Julian! at the bravery and the guy at one point just goes we're not the fucking strokes <laughs> and it was like alright man like we're That's really funny you know That's but really like funny. you're not gonna get that if you go to like a mm-hmm. festival or you know to a larger a larger capacity venue. And then you have people who aren't established. I think marquee talent. Mm-hmm. You have people who aren't like, I've earned my stripes playing at Radio City because there's no other place to put them. Yeah. You know, so like the musicianship, that growing, that development as an artist kind of mm-hmm. gets 86. Yeah. Because the label's like, we're going to put you in radio, it's fine. Or we're going to put you in terminal, it's fine. Yeah. Or we're going to put you in, in MSG. Like there are groups and, and performers that have one album out. Why are you at the theater at Madison Square Garden? Or right. why are you at MSG? And it's not like Zootopia. It's not. That sounds so shady, and I'm sorry. But, but like, it's, you didn't earn it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't earn it. You don't have like a TRL like, or anything like that to kind of like back you, approve you, or just kind of solidify. Well, now it's all about Spotify followers. Right. And subscribers. Right. Which Follow we need, us on Spotify. Which you need. <laughs> And subscribe on SoundCloud. Do that. Oh, yeah. I want to be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> yeah, Wait, right. we got like one left, right? 
One left. One left. Oh my god. Speaking of SoundCloud rappers. SoundCloud rappers. I I will happily be a SoundCloud rapper. Um, this one's for my grandmother actually. Um, Celia Cruz, La Vida es un Carnival. Mm. Life is a carnival. Um, I'm born and raised New Yorkian. My grandmother came to the United States in about the 1940s, which is part of like the massive Puerto Rican exodus to the U.S. Celia, this song I don't think would come out until like the 70s or the 80s. It was like right when the Fania All Stars were huge and salsa mm-hmm. was really like growing as a whole yeah. New Yorkian movement. She was Cuban, and she put out this song. And for some, uh, I don't know how, but I think it was one day my grandmother was just, she was just humming it. And when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a standard, like, really good, like, salsa song. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would hum it. She would kind of, you know, go in and out. She wound up um, developing uh, uh, Alzheimer's. She had early onset Alzheimer's. And she had uh, sundowning, which is when, like, your mind goes into, like, a regression. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she was lucid, we talk about music you know and that song no matter what was going on that song would come on and the chorus translated is like you you have to laugh you, you gotta cry because life is a carnival uh-huh. like ev- whatever's gonna happen is whatever's gonna happen and again it was one of those things that like it happened at a moment where you know she's she's going through you know this basically the complete shutdown of her of her brain but that song was always like she that was something that was yeah. consistent. Like yeah. she would hum it, and um, I remember when she passed and at the funeral, um, I never put my iPod on shuffle because I'm very like retentive. I'm like, no, I have an album. I'm gonna go straight through. Mm-hmm. This is a song, you know. And I, I live with headphones. I live with the constantly charged electronics because I don't like the outside world. So That's I had, <laughs> I had my headphones on. I just put shuffle and it had come on, and it was like it's pouring rain, and I was just sitting there like just like crying because it was like that was it that was the moment yeah got it done got it over with and it to this day whenever I make like a little sp- a little playlist for somebody or like a mixtape or whatever I used to DJ for a little while that would be the thing that I would just throw that in there it'd be like other salsa songs like mm-hmm. classics or whatever and that would always be the thing that kind of like segued into because yeah. you go from like your moody your moody like 90s rap you're like mumble rap some of your things and then it'd be like I'd find the key change and just throw that on there and just go into like nothing but salsa but it was that that song and I was just like uh-huh. life is weird man that's the overall takeaway is life is weird and yeah. the overall theme I think for the five that I just threw your way are just right place right time right moment yeah you know it's mm-hmm. three minutes caught in your life and three minutes caught like forever yeah you know what I mean so it's like that moment is suspended yeah do you ever have these memories that for whatever reason something sticks in your mind really really vividly yeah um related to these songs or just in like just in general yeah there there's some songs that i can't actually listen to mm-hmm. because have you ever seen silver linings playbook i have okay so the scene where um where Bradley Cooper's character has a complete meltdown outside of the movie theater, and she's like, it's just a song, it's just a song, it's just a song. Mm-hmm. I have that. There are songs that I'm just like, mm, nope. Next. Skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's on an album that it's like, I, I love this album, but I can't, I cannot listen to it because of the the association with it. Yeah. But if I listen to it, I'll remember where I was, remember what happened, and just be like, well, nope, delete that. Get out of my head. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to kind of put songs away for a little while and yeah. then pull them out again and, and see what it reminds you of. Like, yeah. Britney Spears is toxic, reminds oh. me of senior year of high school. Right. One very specific memory on one very specific Friday night driving to, like, a dance party in a neighboring town. Right. And, like, having... I don't remember exactly who was in the car, but I remember there were four people in the car with me, right. and we were all, like, singing at the top of our lungs. And, th- like, I just, I remember what it felt like, I remember what my car smelled like, all, and that comes back whenever I hear the song. Um, do you, do you have that with your grandmother? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, a lot of the older, like, she used to listen to a lot of boleros, which are, like, you know, the really sobby, like... Uh-huh. like old like 1940s songs um and she was always humming one and it took me ages to figure out what it was 
because it's like I'd sit down like try to hum it, try to figure out on a piano, try to figure out on a guitar, try to go through records. And when I figured out what it was, um, it wound up being a song I couldn't actually listen to. Like once I figured out what it, once yeah. I like Indiana Jones that thing, <laughs> and the giant boulder of fields was coming after me. I was like, ah! It, I heard yeah. it. I heard it probably three times, and then I was like, I know what it is. I'm good. Yeah. It was like that that peace moment where it's just like, okay, I settled everything. Mm-hmm. I know. And when know you want to, you can revisit yeah. it when yeah. you're ready. Yeah. But, like, a happy one that I had was I went to college. I went to uh, a friend's college. She went to Manhattanville. Mm-hmm. And stupidest memory, sight, smell, memory. Mm-hmm. Um, her two friends were on, lived on campus, and she just came up and brought me along. So we went to whatever supermarket, Stop and Shop. Right, so we went into, like, the town, we went into Stop and Shop, we got fresh bread, we got all this, like, stuff to make, I don't remember, we're making sandwiches and, like, being really hood about it, because the dorms were empty, it was winter. Yeah. So we get in, and it was when Gwen Stefani's Great Escape had come out, it was probably the first time I'd heard on the radio, Uh so it's like the guitar comes up, but we're driving, and it's super sunny, the windows are open, we're like, it was like that scene in Zoolander. Where they're all, like, happy and drinking, mo- mo- like, that's a song, like, right now, I still remember eating a fruit by the foot. And, like, I'm sitting there in the backseat, like, a five-year-old fruit by the foot. So that one wild. stupid song. I love that, though. Like, and it's that same feeling. Yeah. It's like, I was in the car, I was doing this, I was doing mm-hmm. that, I'm hanging out with people. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. How? How, Sway? Yeah. That's, that's incredible. The music is weird, bro. But I love it, because then you have those, you have, like, those little tools of... I know whenever I hear this song, yeah. it's going to pump me up, or this is going to chill me out, or this is going to, you know, inspire me to yeah. go for a run, whatever I'm going to write moody fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. When I'm writing, I always try to put together a soundtrack of, of songs that right. will inspire me, or inspire the story, or something. So what are your go-tos, then? Um... It depends on what I'm what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. If I'm, um, I just finished like two days ago. I finished a revision. Like I, I took a, a script that I had written and I transferred it into a screenplay and just what? expanded upon the story and everything. And this has taken me. I started writing this like eight years ago, Whoa. and I'm finally like 127 pages in. It's not done, right. but it's on paper. Um, and I listen to I listen to a lot of jazz music actually. Okay. It's um, a story about artists in New York. So I wanted to find independent. I actually discovered a couple artists on SoundCloud that had like less than a hundred subscribers. Right. And I that's that's where I got my inspiration. Nice. Or um friends who have bands and are songwriters and have a demo. Yeah. And listen to that and just be like, Yep, this is working this for will, me. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to I try to find stuff that's that's new. Um because the anything that's too popular mm-hmm. I'm afraid that somebody else is feeling the same thing yeah. and having the same inspiration, and I want to find my own inspiration yeah, from it my own source. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy, and that's why I mean that's why I love music so much because the way you hear a song and the way I hear a song right. is totally different, and it can change both of our lives in very different ways. So, yeah. yeah. Sick. Now we gotta go make that movie, right? We do, okay. right? right? I know a guy who can run a camera too. I yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't want to talk too much about it here. Yeah. But we can talk about it later. Yeah. So, but it's definitely something like lifelong project. Nice. I I want this to get made so bad. Um, I also want to start working on other scripts <laughs> <laughs> because. Eight years is a long time to be obsessing over the same characters and yeah. the same situations. I mean, I think it took George Lucas five years to come up with Star Wars. Yeah. So. But how much of that was procrastinating? Have you seen George Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of how Olga got banned from going to Lucas Studios. 
And uh, Olga, I, who? <laughs> I never got to go to Skywalker Sound, and I wonder why. Hmm. Sorry, George, love you. Well, hi, George. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're gonna we're gonna call this a day and go talk about my screenplay. Yep. Um, but as always, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Sound and Five. Ooh. If you like what you hear, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, and whether you like us or not, give us a review. Uh, I want to know what you like. Uh, yeah. Do you want to wave at the at the snowball now? Bye. Well, August leaving by, and I'm saying <laughs> until next time. This has been a production of Far From Home Entertainment. Create fearlessly.